The following podcast is brought to you by Radio Southland and New Zealand On Air. Radio Southland is a community access media station based in Invercargill, New Zealand. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website, radiosouthland.org.nz, for our contact details. You're on Radio South, the 96.4 Coast Access Radio up in Kapiti, because this is Grinding Gears with Pete. The Darren. Your weekly show about cars and drivers, enthusiasts, and the obsessed. This evening, uh, we're starting with a roadside drug testing. How accurate are they?
You're back on Grinding Gears with Pete. And Aaron. Radio South at 96.4 and Coast Access Radio Capity. Hey, stream us on Spotify, iTunes, and accessmedia.nz, because we're all over the place. Now, the roadside drug testing in New Zealand, uh, which is set to become law despite some uncertainty. Now, after months of deliberation, roadside drug testing laws are expected to come into force by December as the government moves forward with its Land Transport Amendment Bill. This bill aims to increase the frequency of drug testing of drivers via breath tests, oral fluid tests and blood tests, while also streamlining and refining the 1998 Land Transport Act. The laws will give police the power to pull over drivers at random, which they already do, and uh, those who fail back-to-back saliva tests will incur fines. Yeah, since it's... Select committee report in June. The bill has been given support from all political parties, barring the Maori Party. Uh, Transport Minister Michael Wood is also among the bill's backers. Probably, probably had some ideas in it. Yeah. Speaking to One News, actually, you reckon drug driving, drug driving causes immense damage on the roads, and there were 103 people in 2019. It's kind of old stats there, but anyway, who lost their lives on our roads who had drugs in their system. He believes it is a robust piece of legislation, but acknowledges that some of the understanding in this area is actually still developing. But otherwise, the seemingly widespread support for the bill, there is some doubt in, it, in some of its side effects. Uh, chief among these concerns are that the oral fluid and blood test strategy are considered to be unreliable. Uh, with the Royal New Zealand College of General Practitioners, the RNZCGP, mm. that's a big one, mm. uh, saying that these test regimes are not supported by reliable scientific evidence. Well, one Dr. Brian Betty of the RNZCGP states this needs serious consideration by the politicians and policymakers before it's turned into law. If it's detected in roadside testing, it doesn't necessarily mean the driver is impaired. So there is often no correlation between impairment and the level of drug that's found. Now, I don't know if you watch the ones in Australia, to be honest, mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes you get the roadside things, you saw them over your tongue, yeah. come up with whatever, yeah. and uh, oh, you get taken down. Ah, oh, no, you didn't actually have anything at all. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, the amount of time have seen that, so we've got to actually kind of like keep that in consideration. We're going to be wasting a lot of people's time and money just effing around with this. Um, and it's and like traces from days beforehand. You're not. You know, oh, and even like, like you know, you had some bloody a bit of a cough. So you took some freaking cough medicine, and you you know you're off to work, and you might get done for having yeah, you know whatever yeah. comes out of cough medicine for methamphetamine. You know, yeah, yeah. think you're on the pipe just because you bloody had some cough medicine. Yeah, yeah. So I need to be. Uh, yeah, well, um, the, te- the 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 testing's medical shortcomings have been acknowledged by the Greens and ACT, uh, with both of which uh, have said that it is likely that numbers of unimpaired people will be subject to infringement or criminal tr- criminal penalties. Mm, fines. Fines, yeah. Uh, that, that's also been uh, reported that those who rely on cannabis for medical reasons could also get pinged by these laws. Yeah, although we definitely don't see, you know, um, if you've got glaucoma and have to go there, don't go out driving afterwards. Yeah. Although, frankly, probably shouldn't be driving. We have glaucoma, to be fair. But once again, it seems the government, uh, in their haste, have pushed through a bit of legislation to try and keep up the world instead of maybe doing some due diligence. 
And no doubt if you're high as F, then it don't get behind the wheel, same as if you're pickle drunk. But more accurate drug testing is needed so vulnerable people aren't targeted. Moving on, though. Uh, interest in electric vehicles is surging at the minute. At, at the world and the world's lithium mines are struggling to keep up with the global electric vehicle demand. Uh, now, we can probably agree this was bound to happen at some point. Yeah. New Zealand has just recorded its biggest month in history for plug-in sales. There's uh, a thing with Tesla we took the Hilux. And Norway is approaching the situation where almost 100% actually of its new passenger vehicle sales are EVs. And uh, seemingly every week a legacy car maker is announcing a new latest commitment to electrification and concept. Yeah, all of this is placing added strain on the lithium mining market, according to a report from Bloomberg. Uh, there's concern that lithium miners soon won't be able to quench customers' thirst as the need for batteries grows. Mm, the report notes that, according to the benchmark Mineral Intelligence Index of lithium carbonite and hydroxide, just in case you didn't get that, pricing for the material has doubled in the last 12 months, admittedly following a fairly big dip. Exactly how much is this pricing? Well, uh, recent sale in Pilbara Minerals Limited auctioned off 8,000 tons of sp- sp- oh, this is a spodomimini spodo- spodomini spodomini concentrate wow, I can't even say concentrate after <laughs> that. that's how dangerous this yeah. stuff is but it's a form of processed lithium and it's used uh, it, uh, for the US market it's uh $2,240 per tonne. The same sale was tendered in the US for 1250 bucks a tonne back in July. That's just in July. Nicole Cameron Perks, an Aussie-based mineral analyst at BMI, told Bloomberg the financing for lithium projects is still too little too late. The market deficit is already occurring. Yeah, he reckons prices increase. Uh, there will be an unknown and all yet-to-be-unannounced projects, expansions that will help increase supply to meet the demand. Uh, that is almost a certainty, but what is not certain is just how many unknown projects there are out there. He also mentioned there's also a possibility that just not enough lithium can be mined. And that could risk a slower EV rollout, which will be the end of the world for all these electric heads anyway. Yeah. I notice they don't actually really mention the environmental uh, concerns in this. No. Uh, the news is... Uh, further blow to the manufacturers, though, uh, who are currently trying to find ways to make electric vehicles cheaper in a hurry. Currently, the cheapest electric vehicle sold new locally is the $48,999 MGZS EV. Uh, it's priced at almost twice the price of the vehicle it's based on. On the flip side, though, Hyundai has ploughed uh, 1.1 billion into hydrogen fuel cell factories. Hydrogen. Hydrogen. Well, Hyundai, one of the leading brands in this current hydrogen development stakes, has announced a massive spend on two new hydrogen fuel cell factories in good old South Korea. And they have confirmed that they will be investing uh, 1.1 billion into two hydrogen plants, both to be built in uh, Lynchin. Lynchin, Hyundai Mobis CEO and President Sung Hwan Cho stated that despite uncertainties including COVID-19, they have decided to make this large-scale investment secure the market-leading competitiveness and the future of the global fuel cell industry. Yeah, he reckoned they will continue to invest more in facilities and strengthen the R&D capabilities for the development of the hydrogen industry 
and hope they expand the ecosystem. Production of hydrogen fuel cells at the dual plants kicks off in 2023. Hyundai says all going well. The new factory will be able to produce around 100,000 hydrogen fuel cells per year. Yeah, the announcement is a big step up uh, in output for the Korean marquee. Uh, currently, its fuel cells built by the Changju factory are well, it's only capable of building uh, 23,000 of them a year. So it's more than quadrupling it. Yeah. And the move is likely to see Hyundai expand its hydrogen vehicle lineup, which, yeah, you'd hope. Well, they, do, they are involved in heavy machinery as well. Currently produces the Xeon truck and the Nexo, uh, with the former recently benefiting from an update. In August, the firm also teased uh, a new hydrogen fueled sports sedan. Yeah, along, mm. with, along with the Xeon. Is that how you pronounce Exient, it? Exient, I think. Okay. It's a big capital X and then Cient. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Along with the Exient, Hyundai also produces other hydrogen commercial vehicles. These include forklifts and excavators. It also previously reviewed an autonomous trailer concept and is even exploring the notion of hydrogen air travel. Mm, I wonder if that'll increase or decrease the cost of flying, or who knows where we're going to be after bloody COVID blows over. Anyway, we're firing up a song now, but stick around. More news from Mazda. Jamming good with web and gilly And the spiders from Mars They played it left hand But made it too far Became the special man Then we were Ziggy's band Ziggy really sang Screwed up eyes and screwed down hairdo like some cat from Japan He could lick them by smiling He could leave them to hang Became one so loaded man Well hung a snow white tan
We're still here, and hopefully so are you. This is Grinding Gears with Pete. And Aaron. Coming to you from Radio South on M6.4 and Coast Access Radio Capity. It's your grassroots car show. And straight out of Japan now, with Mazda confirming names for its first straight six models. And has even given a rotary arrival date. Yeah, and now we know how Mazda's inline six assault is on the premium end of the market will begin. Uh, predictably, it will involve SUVs and heaps of them. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Europe will receive two models uh, from 2022 in the company's new large product group. The model names are confirmed as the CX60, the CX80, two and three row SUVs respectively. You can get to a point where just driving regular cars, you're going to have to have another set of mirrors on the roof so you can see around the bloody things yeah. trying to get a parking space or actually out, out the underground parking lot at Pack and Save. And two Ford Rangers on either side just couldn't see nothing pulling out. No, couldn't yeah. see nothing, just had to hope for the best. Yeah. But anyway, back to Mazda, and both will be available with their newly developed inline six Skyactiv X petrol engine. And the six-cylinder Skyactiv D, which is a diesel unit. Both of them will be mounted longitudinally, let's say north-south, and work with a 48-volt mild hybrid setup. Though in a very un-2020s move, the petrol version actually won't need us. Uh, well, they're just not going to put a turbocharger on it. Uh, also on the menu will be a plug-in hybrid using an inline-four petrol engine, combining high output with excellent environmental performance. Mazda reckons, anyway. <laughs> uh, the US... Meanwhile, we'll get a wide-bodied CX-70 and CX-90 SUVs, plus the small platform group, the CX-50, a car that will go to a few other non-European markets too. Disappointed by the SUV focus? Well, don't worry. A a replacement for the current Mazda 6 saloon is actually expected to take the new longitudinal, predominantly rear-wheel drive platform too, along with these new fresh six-pot engines. Plus, it's rumoured a production take on the RX Vision concept. And I've put some pictures up of this thing, and it looks freaking beautiful. And that might also use a platform and power plant combo. Yeah, and something of a new news splurge from Mazda. We have also confirmation of the MX-30 EV, long-awaited rotary engine range extender, arriving during the first half of 2022. On the subject of electric stuff, though, Mazda is pledging to launch... A number of new products from 2025 using a bespoke electric platform. Yes, so by 2030, all of Mazda's products will be electrified to some extent. This is a very different approach to a lot of rival brands, some of which plan to ditch internal combustion entirely by that year or not long after. Mazda, not one to run with the herd, as also evidenced by these new straight sixes, will have an EV ratio of only 25% by that point. But quite the opposite with Tesla time now. And what do we have here? Yeah, well, we're not going to talk about their profit from last year, but Tesla's uh, Cybertruck Gigabear is coming because Musk is never one to weird out of ideas. Uh, he presented the alcoholic beverage in a funky container during an event at the new Berlin-based uh, Gigafactory. The list of weird things this guy attached to them continues to grow, and yep, this time it's a beer. Specifically, it's the Gigabear. Or Gigabia in German. What is that? Well, we don't really bloody know. But it's an adult beverage inside a container that vaguely recalls the Tesla Cybertruck. 
Really, it's a little piece of celebration as Tesla prepares to hopefully begin production at its new gigafactory in Berlin next month. Musk announced the beer at a special event at the plant last weekend and didn't say much else beyond the fact that Tesla will make it. It will likely be akin to the Tesla tequila. Mm. In the sense being the same sort of limited run beverage that collectors will scoop up and try to preserve. Tesla's tequila bottles with or without tequila inside mm. can sell for up to $1,000 these days, and the bottle originally retailed at 250 bucks when it was new. Yeah, well, perhaps the Gigabee will arrive at the end of the year to coincide with a potential production start at the new factory. And when the new uh, Gigafactory does come online, it'll be responsible for assembling the Model Y to start. But it might also play a part in an even cheaper Tesla vehicle to come. We've done a couple of big reports, and they want to make a small hatchback. Mm. Uh, Musk previously sent it open to a European-centric model like the Model 3 hatchback, but, well, time will tell. And speaking of time, well, we're out of it for this week, but we shall return. Till then, you know what to do. Not be a dick, make it click. Road is
The preceding podcast was brought to you by Radio Southland with the support of New Zealand On Air. Their funding of accessmedia.nz makes these podcasts available. To find similar programs by other stations involved, go online to accessmedia.nz. 